It's a plug story. <laughs> Unbelievable. You're like to put a DVD together. I think this is Marabu Maaseh Hashem. This is Marabu Maaseh Hashem. This is Eli's seeing it. Eli, Ben, and ready? Basically? Okay. We finished our study of the second of our modern contemporary Jewish thinkers regarding the cinema Lokim. We had seen Rabbi Greenberg way back when, two months ago, three months ago, speak about the problem, the issue of Salem Elohim, and discuss the application of what Salem Elohim means. And again, from his discussion, we see it as a central pasuk in all of Torah, all of Tanakh, all of Jewish history, all of Jewish law, one can say. It is the key verse upon which one wants to build one's Jewish life. Clear. <clears throat> we had then seen Rabbi Salavetic in the Lonely Man of Faith, which is an expo- exposition of the implications also of Salem Elohim. What does it mean to be human? We all agree Salem Elohim talks about the, being human. What does it mean to be human? And this, from Rabbi Salvation's point of view, revolves around this Pasuk, in that being human means embodying contradictions of Adam 1 and Adam 2, which is really all of one personality. Adam 1, who expresses himself in terms of imitating his creator, sanctioned by his creator, to go ahead and explore, to, to intellectually and physically conquer Kishua, the universe. Adam too, which withdraws, takes a step back, and wonders why is it all this way. That's what it means to be a human being. No animal in the animal kingdom does this kind of thing. We are uniquely human in that we engage the world in this dual manner. It's a synthesis and antithesis without really finding a new, harmonious, creative, new synthesis. We don't find that. All we see is the contradiction. All people are enmeshed in this unremitting, dialectic, tension, difficult situation, and therefore a person is lonely. It's almost what you would call religious loneliness. Ultimately, the man of religion is a lonely personality. So the in the second part of the book discusses historical loneliness, which is peculiar to the modern times, where science and where historical forces have all militated against religion. And therefore, what does the man of faith do in the modern world <clears throat> where he finds himself under attack by all these contemporary forces? In the Syrian community, of course, you don't see this as much. We have a very self-contained, focused, directed religiosity. But in the university level, religion comes under attack from the sociology of religion, from historical forces viewed against religion, from science viewed against religion, biblical criticism. Religion is under attack on all these areas. And what does the man of faith do in that particular situation? So that's another question that Robert Salvechik deals with in the second part of his book, which we're not worried about right now. Now we're going to go to the next level or next step as to what's in looking means. And of course, there is method to my madness. We had now taken another work that I had gotten as a gift called Sivar Hasei Hashem, Original Insights into the Weekly Parasha. So it's a work of Parashanut. And of course, by contrast, you want to see what is this all about. Interesting, of course, is that the author does not write his name on the front cover. Very interesting. What does that indicate? What is he trying to tell us by this? Probably afraid, but modesty. Modesty, attack, two different perspectives on this. Anything else? Not his uh, insights. Exactly. I would say... Calling it from... Yeah. He's a compiler, although it's original insights. So it is, it's more than... Oh, original insights. It says original insights on the weekly parasha. 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 So it is his original insights. It is his original. But the interesting point is that he's not talking who is. So finally, over here, of course, in the front page, by Mordechai Krieger. Mordechai Krieger, whoever that is, we don't know who he is, what he is, what his traditions are. There's no opinion that you back about who he is? No. Really? No. That's what I he is only over you here. Need, you need some sort of uh, bio. Data. Yeah, bio. Who is he? We don't know at all. We have um, what's known as um, 
the approbations were of Arya Makil Cutler from Lakewood. Sivas name was particularly appropriate. They just firm belief that every one of the unique Surah's thoughts contained in this volume was inspired by Hashem's benevolence. It's not so very excellent because well, how does he know that first of all? How does Rabbi Cutler know that first of all? You know, okay, okay. I didn't want to raise the issue because I know you know Rabbi Cutler, so I didn't want to say that. So you got to read the book, you saying? I, I, I would doubt that he read the book, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but, but go beyond. No, no. How does he know that his that Rabbi Krieger's thoughts were inspired by Hashem's benevolence? Why we talk? Okay, it means Why nothing then. Okay, good. Okay, fine. So it means nothing then. So it's, it's he would, shouldn't be really saying so, but he says it. Okay, good. Now then, Rabbi Matityahu Chaim Salman Mashkurchani Avem Rashkabot. So Mashkurchani Rabbi Chaim Salman says, now that he has been privileged to publish his words, I see that they are straightforward, gladdening the heart. Okay. Now, Rabbi Ruben Feinstein, I trust that your civil will motivate anyone else to study disseminate Torah. That's pretty par, that's pretty neutral. Again, he read the book. And Rabbi Belsky, it's a great pleasure in reading Torah thoughts of my classmate and friend, Rabbi Mordechai Krieger. His letter Torah are sweet as honey. Okay, so. It should be pages of. Yeah, so we're going to find that in a second. We have Avigda Miller. It's always interesting when it says, Ergo wrote said the following, it says, so he passed away. So when he says, before or after he passed away? That's an interesting question. Rabbi Krieger has shared with us the brilliant insights of Rasha. I trust this broad public will benefit most of the Sefer. Rabbi Yaakov Pam, the reader will find many beautiful Torah insights in Sefer. There are Torah arranged logical sequence, or so they may be easily appreciated by the reader. I was most impressed with the insights of Rashad Ravua by Rabbi Scheinberg. Chaim Pinchas Scheinberg. Rosh Yatorah Or. Benefit of the Oh, that was the benefit. What are they all about? Not told over here. Then we have, of course, um. Loving memory, loving memory, that they publish nowadays. Loving memory, all this. Rory Belsky. Then this comes all the rest of the approbations from all of them over here. So now this is a great book from the point of view of the Torah Gidolim. world. Sorry? Gidolim. The Gedolim, right. This is a great book. <coughs> Trust, benefit, Hashem inspired all this. Good. So now we have to really analyze it and see whether that really is in fact appropriate. And we don't know whatsoever, so obviously... We have nothing, no axe to grind about this. We don't have this, nothing to uh, negative to say. We analyze see what is he really saying to us over here. And this will give us interesting insight <coughs> in a, as a contrast on two different levels. A methodologically. One thing that one wants to have picked up from the last two years of these classes, or three or four years of these classes, is the methodology. Has one studied the Pedasha properly? In terms of Pshat or Dinash? Who is the author? What is he saying? Where is he coming from? In the same way that we analyzed Rabbi Sassoon's words analytically, we didn't really finish that. We should really go back to that. And we will go back to that in terms of his issues of Selim Elohim. So we have an opportunity of going back to what he has to say to us about Selim Elohim. But on the other hand, also in terms of the content, the depth of perception of Rabbi Soloveitchik as opposed to Rabbi Krieger. What are we going to see different between these two books? Right? And are they Pshat? Are they Dirash? Are they exegesis or eisegesis? What really does either of these authors have to tell us? How can he enrich us? How can he give us a more meaningful Jewish life based on his insights into the Pedasha? Here you've seen 50 or 60 pages of insights into the Pasuk Selim Elohim. Whether it's Pshat or Dirash, it's still an issue, interesting open issue. And what he tells us about, about this issue is what we're going to look at over here. Any questions so far? No? Okay, so here we have another 20th century insight into what it means to be a human being. Right? So we're starting from page 12, which I, of course, had gone through. Now, we look at the Pasuk, Piru Urubu Ta'aretz, which is Bashit Aleph 
Pasuk Kavhet, which of course, as you well know, the one Pasuk after the creation of Dam and Hava. Now, lest you think that I've cheated you in not telling you what he says in Pasuk Aleph Kav Zayin, which is Tzedem Elokim Pasuk, the page before talks about Bishit Aleph He. So he goes from the... He goes from Aleph He, all the way to Aleph Kaf Het. So he actually, at this point in time, skips the most critical Pasuk that we have, which is Selim Okim. Now, you have to be perplexed about that. So the answer is, he had nothing original to say about that Pasuk, perhaps. He's only doing his original insights into the Parashah. So what he has to say is, original insights on Pasuk Aleph Kaf Het, but none of Selim Okim. You find it to be surprising. How could it be something to say about Selim Okim? I, I find it very surprising. But okay, we'll go ahead and see what he has to say from this particular point of view. So here's his interpretation. But is there any people at the first Mitzvah of the Torah? Let a who setting a tone for Tai Torah. This is the first Mitzvah. Shur who setting the tone. This is the Mitzvah. Just the first Mitzvah emphasizes that marriage is not merely an exercise in self-gratification for the young couple, but rather is only truly meaningful as a means of nurturing life as the ultimate chesed. Right? So sex is the ultimate chesed, is his point. So to Omitzvot Hashem. Can he prove that as he has Hashem's eternal kindness? So every mitzvah is eternal kindness of Hashem. Right? Let's absorb this. If you don't read this in advance, we'll go slowly about it. But Homer should read the rest of this and then we'll go over it more carefully. Omitzvot are manifestations of Hashem. It's a nice point. Is it true? Is the Kasotat Kapa, which is to cut off her hand, is that a manifestation of Hashem's Hesed? Do you feel comfortable with the notion that, and the interpretation, that every mitzvah is a manifestation of Hashem's chesed? Is that what it is? Is that pshat or dirash? comfortable with the extension of the fact that the first mitzvah may be, may be a manifestation of Hashem's chesed, but why should everyone after one be? Good, okay, that's one good question that one could raise. Now, of course, we, um, we all believe in, hash, in chesed, in kindness, in compassion, but this is a striking manifestation of this principle. That every mitzvah is a manifestation of Hashem's eternal kindness. This is a the first one is, I think, God does is good. That's the, right. That's the okay, good. We have to see where that comes in. That's where it comes from. Good, okay. So now, is it true or is it not true? Is an interesting question. Now, this is the approbation of all the great Gidolim of the 20th century. From Rav Katliel, with all due respects, right, to the Mashkir Chani of Lakewood, to Rabbi Feinstein, to Rabbi Belsky, to Rabbi Abdel Miller, to Rabbi Palm. Rav Scheinberg, so this, they're agreeing with all of this in this book. So that's one issue. Exactly. Okay, they're not agreeing with it. They agree with some of it, not all of it. The gist of it. They, the gist they, of it. They, they, okay, they, I'd they, like they, to know what they don't agree with. They don't, uh, but okay, we'll, we'll go along and see. But his opening statement over here is interesting and is striking. All mitzvot are mitzvot, and maybe it's true. There's one one of them. There can be no great act of chesed on Hashem's part to share with Klai Yisrael the mitzvot which enable us to enjoy spiritual quality of life unlike any other nation. There can be no great act of chesed. So the key variable in the giving of the, the Torah and Hashinai was chesed. I'm sorry? How lucky are we? Right. That's for sure true. But interesting, of course, you'll note that in all of Ahmad Hasinai, which we read yesterday, there's not the word Hesed even once. Right? right? So how does he know that? How does he know this whole entire point? We enjoy a spiritual quality of life unlike any other nation. How does other nations enjoy? 
maybe Muslims, maybe the Sufi mystics do enjoy a greater spiritual quality than we. How do you know that this is actually true? Is one interesting question you want to raise. Because to be a right-wing perspective... I didn't use the word right-wing perspective. There's not even a right Judge. I didn't say that either. Well, we spent three months talking about it. I understand that. Are we disciplining ourselves bring this to a greater uh, meaning of life? This goes to the Lechbor Shabbat. I think if you sit on the Lechbor Shabbat, holding creation, that all comes from how you said That's not what he says. I'm telling you, you're being hated. Maybe, maybe, maybe. That's what he's talking about. Well, okay. Let's be further. We're disciplining ourselves. He doesn't use the word discipline. You're reading into what he's saying. For whatever reason, I'm what not sure. spiritual quality mean? Spiritual quality of Enjoy life. Enjoy spiritual Kedosh, quality. Kedosh. Spirit, Kadosh means holy. Not, not spiritual. spiritual. Okay. No. Enjoy, uh, you have to raise these questions. How does he know that we enjoy spiritual quality of life unlike any other nation? I think it's a, a grandiose claim. It may be true. I'm not saying it's not true. But where does he get that from? Okay. In other words, where is this coming from? Where, what's the, methodologically, is he reading into the Pasuk or is it... This is internal logic. There's an internal logic, okay. There's subjectivity over here. Okay, I'm just, let's just read further and see what we get with all this. There can be no greater restriction of their intrinsic goodness and their capacity to exude chesed. Every mitzvah exudes chesed and to observe the mitzvot of Hashem. In turn, for Kalei's sale, there can be no greater restriction of their intrinsic goodness other than mitzvot's eternal goodness, right? So, does Sha'atnez add chesed? Or is it hopefully ya'avor? What is Sha'atnez? Discipline. He's saying, obviously, it does ask I know what he's saying. Correct. You're right. Absolutely correct. Don't hold by Yeah, that's an interesting question. Who's really saying? Does the rabbis ever say the Shanaz is a manifestation of God's chesed? Holding back, the way we were talking the last few months about holding back ourselves, we're conquering our inner selves instead of the outside world. All these things we were talking about, Menachot yesterday on the Shabbat table and Sirodash Yerushi. We're talking about a way of disciplining ourselves. And, 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 uh, certainly, there. Torah does want you to be disciplined and wants you to direct it in a certain direction. And we don't take it as conquering our... No, that's a definition. Oh, that we, right, correct. Okay, good. But is it chesed? Is discipline chesed to you? No. Of course not. So, would you say... Chesed to us. It may be. Is that, is that what he's saying over here? That every mitzvah, therefore, is by observing these mitzvot... Hashem kindness to us. No, that's, yes, they're both are true. Every mitzvah is Hashem kindness, and every mitzvah exudes kindness. That's what he says. Can be no demonstration in their, of their intrinsic goodness. So every single mitzvah exudes hesed and goodness, and therefore I raise the question. You can raise other questions. Is could be a one-way hesed. Why can't we see it that way? Well, what, what is it? Not that we're giving to others. What, it's what he's saying. My question is what he's saying. I'm not saying what you're. He is saying that. No, no, but it, it's a two-way. It, it's both. Can't be two. It doesn't have to be two-way. All mitzvot. What is he saying? All mitzvot are manifestations of Hashem. That we agree, right? So every mitzvah exudes chesed. That's my only question. Does shatnez exude chesed? Hashem to us. Okay. Hashem to us, not us to others. I don't mean us to others. I mean that when you do shatnez. By fulfilling the divine will, we are bettering ourselves, but we are also filling the universe with kindness. Right. right Next question. Correct. Fulfilling the divine will, we are not bettering ourselves, but we are bettering ourselves, but we are also filling the universe with kindness. Yeah, he went extra. Okay. Right. As the Bible says, because of the many chasadim of its inhabitants. Okay. According to the Sifre Mahashava, I don't know where he's getting this from, which Sifre Mahashava, a good deal of significance may be attached to the first session of the Sifre 
by placing Perud, Vu, Amzal, the very essence is Chesed, at the forefront of all our mitzvot. So now he's indicating that all mitzvot are in essence Chesed Hashem. So you start with Perud, Vu, that's an act of Chesed, and therefore, since that's the first mitzvah, therefore all mitzvot are manifestations of eternal kindness. Yeah. Let's leap a little bit. Okay. Homiletically, we may interpret the seemingly redundant phrase immediately following Perud, Vu, Mu, not only to our obligation to the universe, but also as a divine plea to fill the earth with kindness. At least he says homiletically. Correct. He says that he wasn't homiletical before. Now. Right. That's correct. No, that's this is the no, no, no. The redundant phrase. Well, okay. The universe was originally established on the basis of its potential kindness. So, to its continuing is contingent upon many Hasidim performed by Klai Israel. Now, it's a nice idea, but I think he's talking about a social order. I think he's talking about the kindness of living together with people is a social order that's the kindness without that you don't have an order you have no living you can't live without a social order that's true that's what he's talking about and the fact that we don't understand how it adds to that it's not our problem but there is even Chatness adds to that social order disciplining I think you're reading again I think you're reading into okay, what he's actually saying over here I think in the front of the book it says not to be read by Robert Labberton that's what I would think this book says <laughs> you did notice that those two, those two words over there so it's a nice point but where's it coming from exegetically or pashanutly he, he, he doesn't give any uh, sources any, of footnotes any, any uh, substance backup backup oh, for right, sure correct is a statement with no backup right so where's it come from? So it's his original insights. Well, it's original insights, right? Where's it coming from? It's well, where, where's that from? So he's so it's interesting, but it's an interesting idea. He doesn't define his terms too, is a problem. Correct. That's absolutely true. He does not define his terms. It's an interesting idea. He's just sort of like writing a nice book. Yeah. It's not as uh, well put together or as carefully thought out. One would think, perhaps. We'll have to see a little bit more before we come to that conclusion. Over here, it's interesting to say that what's his notion over here? That because Pirurvu which is a divine obligation of property of the universe, divine plea to fill the earth with kindness. As Pirudvu is kindness your, you to your spouse, so too every Mitzvah you go later on is kindness. Is it kindness you to your spouse or is it kindness to the I to mankind kind that you can okay, populate but, forward? You can okay, good. So, Milu Arth, fill the earth with people and since that Mitzvah is one of kindness, no, so too every Mitzvah is kindness. That's an extension. Okay, so let's Okay, let's say next page, right? We'll skip page 14, which is Ereshav's The Gateway to Gan Eden, which doesn't talk about Tzimukim at all. Now we want to look at giving is getting. This is really what you would call a, almost a classic Musar work. It's classically Musar, which means every single word that he says and that you read about will try to improve your character. He's not very strict, he's not very de- defining, he's not very consistent, he's not very uh, careful because that's okay in Musad. He's trying to make you into a better person. Right? Correct. Daviyahu is, is a great mus- work of Musad. It could be. I'm sure it's one of his influences. It is standard stuff from that point of view. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing now other than A, we would have liked more rigor. Let him define his, his same saying that this is a sefer of Musad that doesn't have any real ba- basis in a, a shot level. Maybe but we said it in the introduction. Would you find no. it and read it again? No, no, we did. At the beginning we did. All this, we read no, the... You, uh, right, you read that. No, this preface you read, the origins of the Sefer, where it comes from, all this so you what read. what is the motive of the book? Is no, it's, it's just for it, who we get thanks for it. 
Notice. So the interesting point over here is that this is not, and we'll see other books of this type as well, it's not surprising that he does this in that if you hear certain dead short of a, of a, let's say, somebody from the right, what is it really always all about? Prove, uh, prove your character, prove me, right, do it. It all right. comes down to that, and they will. I suggest that to every which way that they can, every person. You from the prophet that had the same purpose. Yes and no. Not, edu- not, not necessarily. Edu- no, not at all. To the contrary, nobody would ever accuse me of that. If anything, <laughs> I use that in quotes. If anything, it's it's not always clear what what the. It always is clear what's pshat, what's the dash, what I'm reading to. It's not always in that way. It's interesting how um, I. I Reflect on that, in that my Musad, if, it's, if it is Musad, is much more subtle. It's much more, let's call it, um, indirect. You don't walk away feeling neither spiritually uplifted, like how wonderful this Hesed is, nor do you walk away feeling beaten up. Right? There's two types of Musad. In some Musad, you must do this and you must do this, you feel beaten up when you walk away. In other cases, people feel spiritually uplifted by Musad. You feel probably neither that. Well, you're not evangelistic. Correct, exactly. Okay, that's all. So what you do feel hopefully somewhat stim- stimulated by a question, by an answer, by an exploration, by an interpretation, somewhat more or exciting, stimulated. Or exciting people to do something. Right, else. right, correct. And does so it the, work the move off? Ten minutes Okay, wait. Mine or his? Anybody. No. Depends. For some people, it works wonderfully well. For some people, it really, they walk away. And if he speaks about Shon Haran, how you'll be punished for that, or how uplifting it be, you walk away committed for a few minutes at least to not do Shon Haran any longer, which is a good lesson to be learned from that. There is something to be said for Inyane Musad, which is wants to make you into a better person, wants you not necessarily shy away from that. But if that's your entire approach, then that really would be that's the sad part of say other rabbis who only speak Musad, that at the end of the day people walk away saying, here we go again. Yaakov learned 14 years he didn't shut his eyes and he stayed up and they give all kinds of things like that therefore we should study Torah so that's a nice point study Torah more we agree with that point but if that's only what you hear every single week every single paragraph every single thing person writes that becomes the essence of the entire Torah is missing did you hear any Musad from this book? did you get the same feeling from it? but there's Musad in that book is it not more subtle more indirect more what really works? It's interesting that we as a people, generally, if we read, let's say, Musa'i Sharim, it's a 500-year-old book of Musad. Does it work for people? The ultimate criteria of Musad, because Musad is an interesting genre of Jewish literature. We have multiple genres of Jewish literature. We have, for example, Halakha. We have Agadah. We have Gemara, which is related to Halakha. We have Shod Shuvot, different genre of Jewish literature. We have Parshanut. We have works of philosophy. Nebuchim, let's say. All of that we have. Modern Jewish philosophy. We have, now here we're reading a modern Musad book, one would say. We've discovered this, right? But the question that I'm raising over here, those who, let's say, the medieval Musad books, is that a pro, does it change you? Is it supposed to change you? If you read a work 500 years old, like Musa'i Sharim, it may and it may not. For some people who are not part of the modern world, as many people that we know of, this does affect them and impact upon them, which is very nice. But as a modern person who reads such things say, this is really great stuff, or does he walk away? A modern person who's gone through the modern experience, who is a called an educated person, one way or the other. Does he read this and say, wow, I'm really become better because of this? Or does he raise all kinds of scientific questions? Where is he getting this from? Where, where is he right now? The New York Times bestseller, anytime you look at it, always has a how-to. 
top 20, there's always a how to improve yourself somehow, whether through business or through effective. Those right? are all different kinds of things. This is, this is, this is, this is a manual of how to improve yourself. Not towards Hashem sometimes. Even to live a better life. What does that indicate, David? It's not popular. It's a populist. No, they do work, by the way. It's like a million dollars every year. Well, yes and no. Yeah, but how do you take out of the Torah that part? That's what this guy's trying or, to do. Or how do you read into the Torah that that's, part? That, okay. that, that in, that's where... And that might be the whole purpose of the Torah. Right. That might be the whole purpose of the Torah. To improve your life. Does the Torah tell you that's the... No, that's I don't the know. It might be. I said it. might be. So that's the question you want to raise. What is the purpose of Torah? And... And the Peshat comes from what the purpose of the Torah is. To Absolutely. Yes, yeah. yeah, so now if you read the Peshat of Torah and you have a lot of, lot of Pesukim, does every single one try to improve you? No, not every single one. Does a third? Does a half? You have all of Bereshit, you have all of Shemot. Uh, because you're saying the purpose of Torah is to improve yourself right. and I have 97 Pesukim. I would say every single one because somehow they're, somehow they're connected. I don't know how. Alright, so now you're on thinner ice. You're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. That thin. I, I went that thin, yeah. Okay. And, uh, a word about Paul Musad is Rabbi Rabbi Shabbat Table Talk. He writes in with one point, takes a pasuk, right. and expands from it to, mm-hmm. to try to prove one thing for your kids. Um, Which is good. It's definitely Musad, uh, but he has 100% awareness of where the Peshat is. Right. And where That's it ends. a very important and point. And he pointed out as he's writing, in other words, he doesn't just go right. back and forth without knowing where, you know, where he's standing. Right. He'll quote Good. Zashi and say, what's Zashi, you know, where it's coming from, you know, what's the lesson he's trying to teach. He'll quote it, you know. But right. So now, interesting point. what the Peshat is and what it's not and pointing that as he's, as he's going along. Good. So that's the decision that we want to make at this point. There's no awareness of that. It's like a Muslim Shmuz. He's not telling you, know, you that. I coach rabbis how to speak from the pulpit. I have a few rabbis that I coach. And I said, the most effect, the most the criteria of what the good speech is is what they take home and speak on the Shabbat table after the speech. That's how I look at it. That's, that, that's a successful speech. They could take it and bring extra into it through what they were motivated by the speech itself. Maybe. I, we have to analyze that statement. Is every, does every speech have to involve what you take home necessarily? Well, it shouldn't die at the shul. I don't know if that's a very good... Uh, well, I, I, like, be, I use that as a goal. You have to be more... Be the, it's an interesting question. I want to be more careful. And I'm not sure necessarily. Yes, yeah, too general. I mean, it makes it makes sense in a well, broad. I'm not dealing sense. with very bright people. I'm dealing with rabbis. Oh, stop <laughs> Some rabbis dealing with <laughs> the one that chews me. Right. Obviously, that proves the point. The whole thing, the whole, the, well, you come to the, the, so that is a, is a way of life. It's a, it's a book. How to, how to conduct yourself in the, it's a roadmap. Well, so we have to raise the question: Was that the Torah's intent originally? Yeah, it's a tough question. Was that, or did we make yeah. it into that? What does the Torah say about itself? Go back to the Peshav Torah. What does the Torah say about itself? Does the Torah say, I am a roadmap for life? Does it ever tell you that in any which context? It starts out with the Avot. It starts out with Bereshit. It starts out with Bereshit, not with the Avot. So let's get clear. Bereshit is a very hard one to start with. I'm sorry? Bereshit shows God's... Okay, so, so you're, you're both asking a broader question. What's the Torah really all about? It's an important question, a very important question. It relates to Ta'amiyah Mitzvot. Okay, that's Rashi's question. Or then Rabbi is asked that all the time. It's Rashi's opening question. Also, going back to Eli's point, the fact that Rashi, does Rashi only speak Musad? No. Rashi sometimes elucidates the text. He clarifies. That's always interesting telling you what this, who said this, who said that, and why this is an issue, problems in the text. It's not all Musad from Rashi's point of view either. Nor is Ramban, nor is Ezra. 
So the entire Torah about Musar, well, the commentators are not saying that. So not only is the Torah itself not doing that, okay. but even the commentators are not doing that. And you'll find the same Ibn Ayazah types of commentaries who don't do that whatsoever. He's a hallowed biblical commentary. Is he not? So he doesn't do that ever. Period. His only intent is Pshat of the Torah is telling you. And you're wondering, so why is he writing this commentary? Is he, if he was speaking his commentary, what's his point? Ibn Ayazah would say. Would he say, well look, David Tal Hurdles told me that I have to, every time I speak, I'm supposed to go with the lesson. Elucidation brings Musad. Okay, good. So now that's a, a more profound point. And I would put myself in that category rather than this yeah, category. Not, so now, and therefore not every pastor is going to do that. No, and therefore not every speech of mine is going to do that. And therefore, what he would say is that if you could read your text properly, honestly, shot-wise, then that will bring a changed person. So therefore, my Musad is from within out rather than from without in. Is what you see one major difference between myself and others. We won't, you know, we say, where did he get that from? We know where he got it from. And even if it's Dirash, as Eli points out, I would very much try to make that point very clear. That I am reading into the text now, but I want you to get this point anyway. Though I'm reading into the text. So let's go further and see where he's going with this. Okay, so we have, that's the first point. Now, giving is getting. Right? He has the Pasuk from Aleph, Lamed Aleph, and 2.18. Tov Me'od. Right? Maybe we should look at the Homash just to make sure we have our context. Let's see. That's correct. See what he says? No, no, we agree. Correct. You're right. That's my, my thought as well. We look at Allah 31, right? And see how careful of a reader is he. And that's one of the interesting things that when you're a Baal Musad, you can't be a very careful reader because everything has to say Musad. So, so you can't be a very careful reader. Musalvechik obviously is a very careful reader who has a point and expands and then he's so careful and so good the line between Pshat and Dash is not is so thin you're not sure if he went over one didn't go over one maybe Pshat maybe not Pshat we look at Pesach Alpha Sub 31 and this is Vayadu and Koshim said to him God saw all that created this Tov Me'od and look at 2.18 right 2.18 Mr. Dad Tov Me'od so the first issue of Tov Me'od is referring to all of the created order, correct? Good. And what does he say? At times by analyzing a single word we can analyze some of the most famous of Torah. We like that statement. That's true. A three-letter word Me'od used only one story of Ma'asev, which is correct. May actually be significant clue in the purpose of creation. Good. I think that while Hashem creates to the merch of everything that is created by Selim Tov, Sprotum for Me'od, very good, is reserved for the creation of man. Is that true? Yeah. Look at the Pasuk. Okay. No, it says all the creation. All the creation. So when it was complete, then it was Tov Me'od. All of creation was complete, it was Tov Me'od. That's a big error. How big? Tov, is it very big? Me'od big? What? <laughs> but you'll take it home. You'll take that one home. It doesn't really matter. He, he would say it doesn't really matter because my point is good right anyway. No, but that's from point of view. From what's that's when man was created. Wow, that's a big... Uh, but the Pasuk, I never saw anybody that would, that would assume... Why do you read why do you continue this guy's work if you were Because I wanted you to learn from it. I want you to go home with it. Critical, you a critical reader. He has a critical reader. Man was created. Okay, good. But you, you got to call God to all that He had created. So obviously, he was oh, he was oh, he was looking at the 
the context of the... Vinet so good. While many explanations of this one, may the answer may lie in the he sings, Olam Chesed Yibane. So maybe you want to look at that pasuk. Let's look at that pasuk also to see if that pasuk helps us clarify his intent. Okay, it down. You should know the source, but she doesn't. But thankfully we know where it is. Tehilim, Perek, should be, I think it's Pezayin or Pechet. Look at Tehilim, Pezayin or Pechet. It's a nice pasuk. In fact, we had put it on t-shirts once. That was our motto. We put Hesed because Hesed is a very important issue. Pezayin or Pechet. 87, 88. Let's see one second. Should be Pechet. Which is Petet, correct. Okay, good. That's a suk gimel. Kiamati, I have said. Look at the whole context. I will sing out the, the kindnesses of Hashem. Every generation which is parallel to Olam, right? So now this is interesting that Olam does not mean world, of course. The word Olam, biblically, Perek Petet is page 1523. Right? The word Olam, biblically, means forever, does not mean world. Tevel, usually means world. Is that clear? That's good. So, Hasteshim, I will always sing out. And now, parallel over here is the word, Dorba is parallel to Olam, correct? Odia is parallel to Ashira. And in Ratakhabefi, Odia, I will my trust in God is always in my mouth. Kiamati has said, Olam Hesajibane, right? Olam means forever. I have said that Hesed Yibane shall build is confirmed, is confirmed. Use the word confirmed, Yibane. This is a very good translation, of course, the best academic translation that you have, JPS. So he says, Kiamati, I declare your steadfast love is confirmed forever. Your steadfast love is confirmed forever. So how is it understand? How does this English correspond to the Hebrew? Forever, I understand. Hesed Yibaneh is confirmed. So Hesed means God's love is confirmed forever. God's I've said that God's love is confirmed forever. Hesed means God's love, right? I see. Now let's look at another translation. Just for a minute. What page is that? Fifteen twenty-three. Olam means that we thought it would be something very different. He's saying, I have said that Hashem's love is confirmed forever. That's very different than what he says, what our Rambamukai Krieger says, and what we see over here. The JPS translation is very different. Petet and his other translation will say something very different. I will sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever. And I will make known that for I have said the world is built by love. Yeah, this is the old translation. The world is built by love. It's very different. Change it. Change it. Change it. Love, kind of love. Hesed. Hesed. That's more in mind what he said. Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. That's correct. Now, so you, you, one question you could raise is why is JPS, which is a very careful translation, using the translation love of love as yeah. Hesed? Yeah, that's kindness. That now you could be bet your bottom boots, or your bottom dollar, or your little booties, one or the other. That JPS has a reason for this. Uncle Os, maybe. 
No, I would add, I would say it's more transbiblical analysis of the word. That you're going to find the word chesed often in parallel to ahava. And we should really call up Nachum Sano and ask him, which I will do. I'll call up and ask him why JPS, which is the story it is, which is again a very careful. Right. Why using chesed as love? I mean, it's, we should be more chesed as kindness. But that's how you have to study. They study the word chesed in all of its manifestations, and more often than not, you're going to see that it means. Rather than meaning kindness, it means love. They're not loose. Japheth is not loose with its translation. So that's a good point. I think love encompasses kindness, and love is a stronger word than kindness. Okay. That's, I mean, what does the word mean? Semantically, I'm talking. Some make Agreed. it called loving kindness. They have no, no, that's 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 kindness. no, no, no. I would say it's not. Oh, well, I would say it is, but it's not. It is because you're right. If you draw the implication of love, then certainly kindness involved in love. But loving kindness is good. Now, whatever kind of kindness are there, right? Deceitful kindness. Oh, there is deceitful kindness. There is, could be, right. No, I would say loving kindness is the best translation because it incorporates both. That's probably the oldest one. Well, I think it's where the academics got love from. In other words, when you study the word academically, philologically, and it's with your concordance, you're going to find that it means, what does kindness mean? Giving to somebody else, what does kindness mean? What does love mean? So they find that this world is parallel to those two acts. Therefore, so giving with kindness, we know what kindness means, and love, we know what it means. So the word's parallel. If it's parallel, it, cannot, it has to be incorporated. So therefore, love and kindness is probably the best translation for it. Do we agree so far? Or, alternatively, you're going to find, Japheth will tell you, uh, Sean will tell me, that we find in Ugaritic, that the word hesed, the word hesed, it really means, let's say Ugaritic, which is a parallel language or language to Hebrew, means love. In other words, what a man would say, let's say, exactly, oh, exactly, that is the original explanation. He would say, uh, let's say, it's very important, let's see. that's in uh, the end of Hosea, that's in Hosea. Let's see how he, they translate that word over there in that context. So look at Hosea, Hosea, should be what, Terek Bet or Gimel? Perek Bet, Perek Bet, which is on page 1276, verse 21. And I will be, and I will espouse you forever, especially with righteousness and justice. Is good. I will and justice, with goodness and mercy. Correct, right? The here uses the word Hasid means goodness, right? Oh, oh. Welcome back. I will start you with faithfulness. Sorry? Welcome back to you. Thank you. Oh, okay. Okay, so good. So here use the word hesed as meaning goodness. So you have to raise that question. Why does it not mean kindness over here? Why goodness over here? So again, one would want to study this word in all of its manifestations to find out exactly what it means. And the methodology to use over here is that you see what the context is. The context is and what's parallel to is the biblical way of what a word actually means and significant so that okay that's in Ten Commandments right which a kindness is it, there is it love or is it kindness there is a kindness right so you want to look at all those manifestations so you're going to find that it's parallel to and makes sense with besides using concordance you would also use BDB what's BDB one should be aware of that BDB is, is the name of the three authors of a biblical lexicon. What's a biblical lexicon? Mm-hmm. The lexicon, Brown, Driver, Briggs, is a dictionary 
which gives the word in all of its different languages. We have one inside. So one could look inside. We don't have one here, but we have one inside. One could look at the word Hesed over and see what it means in Arabic and in Ugaritic and in Akkadian and in Greek and all those languages to see what the original intent was. So again, JPS, which is not loose with its translations, would probably come up with a parallel love statement. Okay? So now it's significant to understand what was the original intent of the word. I said, Olah Hasibaneh. Doesn't mean doesn't mean the world will be built by kindness. The word Olah does not mean world. It means door by door. It means forever. So forever, kindness builds. Hesed Yibaneh. Yibaneh is really the passive tense. It's Yibaneh is passive. It's Nif'al. It's not. Um, it's not Kal. Yibaneh would be Kal. So Yibaneh is not to build. No. no, passive means Hesed has built. Yeah, has built. Right. Hesed has built. Therefore, it's, it's, past, it's past tense nif'al. The foundation. Uh, stop. What did you find? What? No, there's nothing in that. So what does hesed v'emet mean? Another combination. Mm-hmm. What do those two terms mean together? So that certainly is significant as well. So his of is, I declare your steadfast love is confirmed forever. It's a nice pasuk. Your love, Hashem, is confirmed forever. Nothing to do with building the world with kindness. Right? Because the world alone does not mean world, first of all. It means forever. means forever. That, that we know for sure. Even the world is understood. No, 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 no. Why are you talking about space? He's talking the world, about the world. No, no. So, for, well, that means forever. I know, but the world is understood in the sentence. Not at all. What does it mean? Forever where? Your steadfast love is forever confirmed. Forever where? Forever where? I'm Yisrael, maybe on me? Your steadfast love is confirmed forever. So where? No, there's no where here. Sure there is. It's to the people no, of the no, world. No. To the, no. Why? Your love is confirmed forever. For us. Uh, forever in space without any contact? Can you have goodness without a subject? The people's the contact. Without an object, I mean? In time. In time. In time where? In the world. Not in the world, no. Your love is confirmed for us, if anything, forever. Okay, so where does object? Object of that sense. Yeah, okay, that's, that's what it means. But it doesn't do with world. In other words, the pasuk no has interpreted kindness builds the world is not the meaning of this pasuk. His point over here, we have to stop now, but his point over here, where he translates this over here, the older translation, which says, the world is built by love. This old translation, yeah. where that word that, well, that means old world. Biblically, J.P.S. Lee, which is very academic and very correct, Olam means forever. Right? Olam ba'ed, forever. So the word Olam always means forever. It does not mean world. So their understanding is, I said, the world is built by love, which is, and again, Hesed means love in the old one also. As opposed to kindness, so there you have a lot of interesting dynamics. The world is always an understood subject. There's nobody else you could be talking about but the world. Correct. The world meaning the people occupying the world. Doesn't mean the earth. Means the people occupying the world. What does it mean? That thing means your love, Hashem, is confirmed forever. To the world. It's confirmed. What is the word confirmed? Yibanei means confirmed. Okay, confirmed. It's confirmed. When it says man, talking about Jewish. Jewish yeah, that's right. Here? Yeah, yeah. Here? No, uh, in, in the world, world in general. What is it? Where? Where? In this here or here? Over here? Basically. Okay. Here? I don't think he talks about men. He's talking about a non-Jew. That's correct. Well, look at him more closely as we go along.